Welcome to the Every Day is Saturday podcast. The number one motivation show on the planet. No more Mondays for you. It's time to make every day Saturday. This is the podcast where we help you to accept who you are, not where you are. On the roller coaster of life, you know we only sit in the front seat champion. So make sure you are fastened in. Let's go. Tired of feeling run down all the time during the week? We can help you make every day feel like it's a Saturday. Let's go pack your bags. It's time to leave Averageville. Introducing the man who thinks abnormal stands for above normal. When you're on fire, people will travel from miles around to watch you burn, baby. We are fired up. The host of the Every Day is Saturday show, Sam Crowley. Well, another day, I guess just another interview with a legend. Uh, you heard Mark Victor Hansen and his wife, Crystal Dwyer, yesterday. Crystal Dwyer Hansen. Today, I got Bob Proctor on the show. Now, funny thing is, just a week ago or so, I had a classic, uh, Best Of, going back to 2011 with the first interview I did with Bob. And <laughs> Mark sends Bob a message, say, hey, had a great time on Crowley's podcast. You got to get on that. So Bob shoots me an email last night. And says, hey, Sam, when do you want me on the podcast? Let's do it tomorrow. So here we go. Uh, this is Bob Proctor, end of 2020 now, December of 2020. And let me tell you, it feels like you're sitting in the front row of a $10,000 seminar. I love Bob. You guys know how much I love Bob. I know you guys love Bob. Listen as we just chatted up about multiple streams of income, entrepreneurship, mindset, all the stuff uh, that you guys just eat up. I loved it. I loved it. Thank you so much, Bob Proctor. And here is uh, our interview. All right, welcome back. Hey, we got another legend. This must be Legends Week here at the Everyday to Saturday podcast. I got my good friend, Bob Proctor. How are you, Bob? I'm doing great, Sam. Yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Bob, let me tell you, I got to share with you one of the biggest regrets of my life. May I share with you one of the biggest regrets of my life as we get started with this? Bob? Please do. Go ahead. 2011, I'm living in Buffalo, New York, and uh, I had you on the podcast back then, and you had offered, you probably don't even remember this, I remember like it happened an hour ago, you offered to have lunch with me in Toronto, but it was the 4th of July weekend, and let me, so let, here's the perfect example of pain, procrastination, and that whole topic. The pain of going over the, the Peace Bridge, 4th of July weekend, to go to Toronto, Ontario, and back was too much for this young lad living in Springville, New York, a bedroom community of Buffalo, to go have lunch with a legend, Bob Proctor. So Bob, I still wanna hold you to that lunch sometime. I, I've since moved back to Cincinnati from Buffalo, but I'm originally from Western New York. So at some point in time, I just, I hope it's okay I just take a rain check on that. It's only been nine we years. Got, then we've got a rain check on lunch. You got a deal. We got a race. <laughs> so you're here because I had my buddy Mark Victor Hansen on the show yesterday. Mark, uh, obviously, to say, hey, Bob, there's this crazy guy in Ohio. You got to get on a show. I don't know what he's all about. But anyway, here you are again on the Everyday Saturday podcast. Fascinating story about you and Mark and how you, Chicken Soup for the Soul even got launched. Take, share that story as we get started today's podcast. Well, I was on a flight to, um, I was flying back and forth from Toronto to Malaysia to Kuala Lumpur every month for five years. And it's a 25-hour flight one way, <laughs> 50 hours in the air if you're going both ways. And I always say, if you go any further, you're coming back. Now, I'm on the plane, and I was playing with the idea. I always 
really stick to myself on the plane. I don't talk to people. I, it's my time because I'm in a seminar all the time with people. So I work with ideas or numbers. And I wrote at the top of the sheet of paper, one and six zeros, a million dollars. And I thought, what is the big deal about a million dollars? I had earned a million dollars back in the 60s. And it was no big deal. And I thought, what do people do? What are they doing different? Because there's so many, you think about it and dream about it. And we've written songs about it. And we say, what would you do if you won a million dollars? And, and uh, I thought, what is it? What did they do different? And I kept thinking. And so I, I was playing on the plane. And I thought, they don't just have one source of income. They have more than one source of income. So I kept playing with it. And I finally got it down, multiple sources of income. And then I changed it to MSI. And then I thought, we should do a seminar and teach people to earn a million dollars by setting up multiple sources of income. Well, I was creating this in my head and I was getting very excited and I'm on the plane by myself. And when I get into Kuala Lumpur, I phoned Mark Victor Hansen down in Newport Beach. And I guess it was in the middle of the night there, but anyway, he got up <laughs> and I woke him up and he got excited. So we're gonna do, and we call it the Million Dollar Forum. We did a number of them, and it was in the Million Dollar Forum that he and Jack Kenfield, who Jack was working in this Million Dollar Forum with us as well, and they said, listen, we're going to write a book. We need stories. Proctor, you got lots of stories. Give us some stories. We're calling it Chicken Soup for the Soul. I thought, well, that's kind of cool. And then before we left, Mark said, uh, he said, we're going to sell 50 million of these before the turn of the century. Now, Keep in mind, I'm teaching people you can do anything you can think about. But I'm, <laughs> exactly. sitting, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking, this guy's smoking something, you know, 50 million. <laughs> if you sell a million books, you, uh, you've hit it out of the park. He's going to sell 50 million. And so I didn't tell him I thought he was crazy, but I thought he was crazy. Yeah. Well, they didn't sell 50 million. They sold, I think, 74 million or something like that. And then they sold the whole damn company for multi-millions. They did all right on it. It was a big idea. But I come out of that particular program where we were teaching people to set up multiple sources of income. And if you check it out, Sam, that is the only way, I think, to become really wealthy. If you yeah. just have one source of income, not many people become wealthy on one source of income. And you can go back to the ancient Babylonians. The wealthy people have always had multiple sources of income. Yeah. And um, we, we, Teach programs today, showing people how to do that. It's Still great teaching thing. today. Man, you've been at this for so long. Some people can't commit to 60 days to do something, you know? And yet we're, well, you, have as, you have as much energy. I could tell in the first five minutes, you're all fired up. Like you're all fired up today. And you're <laughs> as fired up as you were in 1960. Like you wake up every day with a purpose, don't you? Absolutely. I do. And I've been reading this book. Oh, there it is. On the 21st of October... I started my 60th year of reading this every day. And um, it's Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It, is, it literally changed my life, and it's gone on to change the lives of a lot of other people. But when I got this book, Sam, I was broke. I mean, I had nothing. I had no formal education. I had no business experience. But I had this book, and I had a guy who was a real good mentor. And he said, if you do exactly what I tell you, you can have anything you want. And you know something? He was right. You can have anything you want. And I started to listen to him. 
Now, I'll be uh, 87 on my next birthday. I was only 26 then. Wow. And I've had a fascinating life just studying this. No end to it. Unbelievable. You know, okay, so I've probably stolen, I would say, I don't know, thousands of uh, quotes from you and things that you've taught and said. And sometimes I give you credit for it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I say I heard it somewhere. But I am... I am so deep into Born Rich right now, into your audio book, which I think is uh -huh. just an unbelievable. It was recorded live. I don't exactly, do you remember where you recorded that audio? No. I okay. Because you had a guy from Pittsburgh, Kansas, who was the, one, of the, one of the top insurance salesmen in the country. Paul Hutsey. Paul, Paul Hutsey. Hutsey. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Paul. I hadn't seen him for a long time. I talked to him for a long time. I was talking to him a couple of months ago. He's 93. Unbelievable. No kidding. He's still working. Yeah. The stories from that, I got to give a shout out to my man, Dan Brzezowski. He lives in Chicago. He's a coaching client of mine. He said, man, I'm listening to this thing, Born Rich, because he listened to the, the recording you and I did a couple of weeks ago. I posted as a best of classic podcast. He's like, wow, that Bob Proctor. I go, you got to dive into everything Bob teaches. I mean, it, it is solid gold. And so I did a podcast last week on the law of sowing and reaping. And I said, and I don't know if you've heard this before, Bob, tell me if you have, but there's a season for sowing and there's a season for reaping, season for reaping but you can't you do, do both, both at the same season. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. So I want you to talk about the season of sowing and the season of reaping and why you can't do both at the same time. You know, that's so true. And I think the problem with people in general, they want immediate results. And they don't understand that this whole universe operates in an orderly way. You know, the farmer will take and plant seed in a field, a plowed field, little tiny seed, and puts them in the earth. Then he can go to the bank and borrow your money on a crop that nobody can see. <laughs> exactly. And you know something? And we all agree, yeah, that's a real deal. But when it comes to doing something now and getting paid later. Now, I don't want to do that. They want immediate gratification. We've got to realize that you do the work now and you get the reward later. Most people say, you know, it's like the dad said, you know, if you give up the ice cream cone now, you can get the bicycle later. And people don't get it. They don't get it. Sowing and reaping, it's, so, it's all the law. It's the natural law of the universe. Yeah. It is. And, you know, I mentioned to you, you know, uh, I, when you and I first connected a while back, I had a million downloads in 2011. I was doing a lot of sowing. Like, I was just putting out content, 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 content for years, five, six, seven years, just putting out content. And then in the last nine years, it's gone from 1 million to 20 million you know, all from a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot inside my car, the craziest thing. I don't have a studio. I don't have a microphone, really. That I got a mic that plugs into my phone. But I remember that law of sowing and reaping because I figured there's no way I can put out this much content every day for six years and not reap any harvest from it. It's, a, it's impossible, wouldn't you say, to, if you, if you yeah. stay committed to something and keep planting that seed? It, listen, I mean, that's the story of my life. I've just been doing the same thing year after year after year now for 59 years. And uh, I sat down in a room in a house on Maplewood Lane in Glenview, Illinois in 1973. And I took my pen and I said, I'm going to build a company that operates all over the world. 
Well, we're in 89 countries now. Like you were saying, you were doing it out of your car. You weren't in a studio. I've got my own studio here. I have the studio director, the Scott Edwards. He's in Manchester, England right now, but he can run all the cameras. He can do, he, in fact, he's running this camera right now wow. from his home in Manchester, England, here in the studio. And we've literally built a television station of our own. We broadcast all over the world. But it started just me and this book. Yeah. And I just believed, I just kept working at it because I believe what Napoleon Hill said. You know, you build it and they'll come. How do you find, when we're talking about multiple sources of income, uh, like I know you used to own a janitorial service way back in the day and when you were putting your, your th things together, your, your cassettes and all of that, you had several different things going on. Those are just two. But I'm working at a job, hypothetically, I'm an electrician, I'm making $45,000 a year. I don't know anything about the internet, Bob. I don't have the Wi-Fi and the guy doing the camera. Right. What, what, how would I even know what next source of income to even choose to even start making any money? You know, or I'm flipping real estate or these things you see on TV. I don't well, you, even know what I don't know. See, the thing is, you probably wouldn't know what to choose. And that's where it's at. That's where I was at. The person you just described was me in 1961. But a man said to me, Bob, your way is not working. Why don't you try mine? And those were the words that really caught my ear. See, I was only 26, but I'd been working since I was 15. I was all over the place. I'd been in and out of the Navy, and, and uh, I was losing. I often say I was earning $4,000 a year, but I was $6,000. So if I'd paid everything I earned for 18 months, I would have just broken even. It was an impossible situation. And I started to tell him, you know, why I couldn't do it. I mean, I have no formal education. I'm in debt and all this. He's about forget that. He's that's why you can't. Do you ever stop and think of how you could? Well, the mm -hmm. truth was I had never stopped and thought about that. He said, if you do what I tell you, if you just listen to me and do exactly what I tell you, you can have anything you want. Now, I've earned millions of dollars. I have a company that operates all over the world. I think earning money is the easiest thing in the world. But I'm gonna tell you, I didn't I wasn't there at that time. That wasn't where I was living. I was, uh, I was losing, but I started to listen to him. And that's what people that are in a bad spot don't do. They listen to the guy next door. They listen to their brother-in-law who doesn't know a hell of a lot more than they do. And so here you've got people that are together and they don't know what they're talking about. There's a little group of them. Carlisle said he did not believe in the collective wisdom of individual ignorance. Mm. I thought, wow, that is so true. Because that's where people are coming from. Now, it's a strange thing. We're operating with levels of conscious awareness. There's people up here and there's people down here. So if we say this is A and this is B, the people on the A level know how the people on this level are doing what they're doing because they were there. They've been there, but they kept going. But the people on this level have no idea what the hell the people on A level are doing, and they don't ask them. They never come and say, how did you get there? How did you do this? Mm -hmm. How could I do that? If they would go and ask them, they could do it. See, they spend more time thinking of why they can't 
There's a couple of songs that I just love. One's by Nat King Cole. It's an old, old one, Pretend. Mm-hmm. It says, pretend you're happy when you're blue. It isn't very hard to do. And you'll find happiness without an end whenever you pretend. Well, the lyrics in that song are mind-boggling. They're very prophetic, too, if you'll listen to them properly. And there's another one by um, Johnny Nash, I Can See Clearly Now. I love those two songs. And we want to listen to the lyrics of those songs because they're very inspirational. But we go back and, and think, you see, the guy that gave me the book, he asked me, he said, do you ever read anything? And I said, no, I can't read. Now, that wasn't true. I could, not very well, but I could. And I've since found out most people, you know, don't read beyond the grade seven level because we learn to read by the time we're in grade seven and then we never go beyond that. If you think of it, a book is nothing but a picture painted in words. You can just, like that, you can get the picture off a page. That's speed reading, but most people don't know that, but you can. And anyway, he said, you're going to start reading. And he gave me the book, Think and Grow Rich. He said, do exactly what the book tells you. Well, the book tells you to sit down, write what you want, put it on a card, and carry the card in your pocket. Now, I've been carrying these cards in my pocket now for 60 years. Unbelievable. And the first card, he said, what do you really want? Well, all I wanted was money. I was operating with the illusion that if you had enough money, all your problems would go away. (laughs) That's not true, but I believed it at that time. So he said, what do you want? I said, I want $25,000. I mean, I just kicked that out. I might have said $25 billion. I mean, it, it would have been the same thing. He said, write it on a card. Carry it in your pocket. He said, when do you, when do you think you could have it by? And I said, oh, I don't know, 1970. This is in 1961. So I run the card by New Year's Day of 1970. I'm going to have my possession $25,000. Well, there's a real good lesson here. I kept reading that card because I kept feeling it in my pocket. And I stopped thinking of debt. If your goal is to get out of debt, you're going to stay in debt forever. Because you attract whatever you think about. Well, I kept reading the card and I kept thinking of earning money. That's You mentioned the cleaning, but that's when I started cleaning offices. I ended up starting cleaning one office, $15 a time, I washed the floor twice a month. And I got another one for 65 a month, Kirby's Construction. And now I'm up to 95. In less than five years, I was cleaning offices in Toronto, Montreal, Boston, Cleveland, Atlanta, London, England. I was earning over a million dollars a year, and I had no idea what the hell I was doing. <laughs> See, I just went to work. Now, I was very irresponsible. I was throwing money all over the place. Yeah. I used to go down to the Playboy on Park Lane, and um, I would um, play roulette. I didn't care if I lost the money because I knew where to get it, and I usually won. And one day I thought, I'm not being very responsible. And I thought, how the hell did this happen? Here, no formal education, no business experience. And I couldn't figure out how I changed so much. And I thought, you know, I've been raised to believe if you're going to earn a lot of money, you've got to be really smart. I knew I wasn't very smart, but I was earning a lot of money. Yeah. So I thought, that's not true. I was raised to believe if you're going to get a good job, you have to have a good formal education. I didn't have any. I didn't have a good job. I owned a little damn company. And so I started 
to look for answers. It took me nine and a half years. And when I got the dots to connect, all I wanted to do was start teaching it. And that's all I've done ever since. I can show anybody how to get anything they want if they'll do exactly what I tell them to do. Yeah. And that's and confidence. Pretty, that's not arrogance. That's confidence. Oh, listen. I'm not, no, I'm not trying to be arrogant. No. And I'm not, I, like, I'm not going to tell you what time to go to bed, what time to get up or anything like that. There's a movie producer out right in Los Angeles, Phil Goldfein. He came to see me. He was reading the book, Born Rich. And uh, he was talking to a, a guy that knew me. And he was telling him, you've got to get this book. And the guy said, well, I know Bob. He said, you don't know him. He said, phone him. So anyway, the guy phoned me and he said, this guy here wants to talk to you. So Phil said, where are you? And I said, I'm in Vegas. And he said, could I come and see you? He said, I'm in Los Angeles. I won't be long. I said, yeah, if you want. So he came to see me. And I said, what do you really want? He said, I want to earn some money. I said, well, I can show you how to do that. He was earning about 200000 at the time. I said, if you'll do exactly what I tell you, most people won't do that. They're going to do what they want to do. Well, what they want to do is give them the results they're getting. I have figured out what you have to do if you want to get anything, and everything is the same way. He wanted money. He wanted an Oscar, an Emmy. If you talk to Phil Goldfein, you should interview him one day. I've been coaching him for 20 years. Wow. He earns millions of dollars today. He's making more movies than anybody in the history out of the West Coast. He uh, has won an Oscar, an Emmy, and a Tony. Now, there's been something like uh, 30,000 people, I think, win Oscars. Um, there's only been six people won an Oscar, an Emmy, and a Tony. The Oscars for, tele or for the movies, the Emmys for television, and the Tonys for Broadway. Three different things. He's won all three. There's only been six other people who have done it. He's the seventh. And he does exactly. See, when I say do exactly what I tell you, this whole universe operates by law. Everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to. It gets dark at night. The trees, the leaves grow, the leaves fall, they come back again. Winter never follows winter. The night always follows the day. These, these are expressions of law. Well, when you start to understand the law and apply them to your life, you can create whatever you want or God's highest form of creation. What are your thoughts? You know, we talked, I talked to Mark yesterday about this a little bit, but I also, I remember chatting with you. I found this fascinating generational poverty. You know, I'm the youngest of eight kids. My mom was on welfare, uh, you know, tough stuff, you know, but she finally got out of welfare probably when I was around high school. The most she ever made was $17,000, I think, in one year, raised eight kids by herself. I have been blessed enough to be able to now create, I've got four daughters, ages 19, 16, 15, and six. They're not going to know the life that I know. I think I brought, my, own, my whole goal in life was to be a dad because my dad walked out on me when I was three months old. So my goal was to be a dad. And my goal was to show love to my children to they know that they are loved and to break the curse of generational poverty. That was it. But I'm fascinated by, as we look all around us at abundance everywhere, and I know some people have it harder than others, they start that way, but I'm fascinated by generational poverty, how you will have fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh generation of people still poor. How does that work? Why does that happen? It's genetic. It's built right into the genes. You see, work, work, we are conditioned. We have a conditioning. There's a program in our subconscious mind. And that program operates just the same as the way as the programs operate in this phone or in my computer here. 
Now, the programs in the computer, they're fascinating what they do. So does the program in the mind fascinate you with what it'll do. Now, the, people, the difference, the people that wrote the program for these phones, they were writing code. They really knew what the hell they're doing. The people that wrote the code for our program had no idea of what they're doing. They were good people. They were our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents. They knew nothing about the mind. They knew nothing about programming a person. At birth, you're a genetic duplicate of the parents. A little particle of energy from mom, a little particle of energy from dad comes swimming along and bingo, they fell in love, they resonated. Well, that's the nucleus of you. You, you are genetically connected to them. Their DNA becomes your DNA. So that's genetic conditioning. That's why we look so much like our relatives. Well, then at birth, our subconscious mind is wide open. If you, whatever's going on around goes right into the subconscious, and that's where the program is being formed. If you're born into a, let's say, an Italian home in New Jersey, and you take the baby out of that hotel, Italian home, put it in a Chinese home in the suburbs of Beijing, that baby's going to grow up fluent in Chinese, have absolutely no knowledge of the Italian language. We're a product of our environment. We are surrounded by people that are all doing the same thing. Every now and then, somebody like myself or yourself comes along, and bang, we break out of that. I broke out of it when the man got me to read this and study him. And my whole family's changed. You see, when I was 14, 15, they said, are you going to go to school? Hell no, I'm out of here. I hated school. <laughs> Nobody ever got me to like it. I didn't ask my kids if they were going to go to school. I asked them where they were going to go to school. And you know something? Change the entire breed. Change a question. I didn't ask them if they were going to go. Where were they going to go? They all went through school. My kids were the first my sister's and brother kids, first ones to go through school. My sister's daughter ended up uh, a, a justice in the Supreme Court of Canada, for God's sake. My sister wow. never went to school. My brother never went to school. I never went to school. But the kids have all gone. So we break that. But that's how it happens. Generational poverty. You go check out welfare areas. Almost all welfare recipients, fourth, fifth generation. You're right. Yeah. But you can break out of it. Yep. The fascinating. And, you know, another thing, keeping on the frame of excellence, you know, chasing excellence. We're all in whatever that means to somebody. But there was a great quote in one of your seminars that said, excellence is a commitment to completion. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, you see, you're, um, first of all, we've got to understand we're spiritual beings. And spirit's always for expansion and fuller expression. So the essence of who we are, our spiritual DNA is perfect. There's perfection within us. It's so covered up with paradigms of negativity from generational generation that that spirit very rarely sees the light of day in a person's life. But there's something within you wants you to do better, wants you to grow, to make it happen in a bigger way. And... Uh, Spirit's always for expansion and for expression. So we should always be going for something beyond where we're at. 
Now, you see, my grandmother pretty well raised me, and grandma was wrong on so many points. She said, you should be satisfied with what you've got. Well, that was wrong. Grandma was dead wrong. You should never get satisfied. You should be happy with what you've got. But dissatisfied. It's dissatisfaction that gets you to reach for a higher rung. Yeah. Gets you to go after something more. Yeah. It's, uh, well, for the station identification, Sam Crowley chatting with my buddy Bob Proctor is just like, just like going into the well of wisdom and just tapping all this water out. Um, hey, Bob, before we get further down the line here, where, where, would the, where would be the best place to send the listeners of the podcast to connect with you or your multiple streams of income project? Where, where should they go or where could they go? Um, go to MSI Connect. MSI Connect. I can also put it in the show notes. So I can sure, put the MSI Connect. Okay. We'll talk a bit about it. Let's talk about um, it. Go ahead. Let's do it. I've got Scott on the line from Manchester. Get a hold of Tommy Scott and tell him anybody calls in here, uh, we're going to give them the, the um, uh, success puzzle free. Okay? Okay. Great. What Get is MSI Connect? MSI Connect, it's a, it's a part of our company. It's something we set up to teach people how to set up multiple sources of income. MSI Connect is a, it's an environment where people can go and set up a website and sell. Sell whatever they're selling. I don't care what they're selling. If it's talent they've got, they can sell their talent. If they're uh, selling, uh, I don't know, cups, they can sell cups there. Whatever they want, they can sell. And it's in our community. Now, I'm over a million in Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, uh, I don't know how many millions of people we impact. We send out millions of emails every week. So we're creating this marketplace and people can come there and learn how to set up MSI's multiple source of income. Now, it costs $250 a month to belong to this. However, it's, a, it's an affiliate program. So if a person joins and they just refer five people, their $250 a month is paid because we pay $50 a month to an affiliate for a referral for somebody joining. We charge nothing for what they sell. They sell, they keep it all. You go on Amazon or some of those places and they keep a good part of what you're selling and you have a hell of a time selling it. We're creating the market for them to sell. They can set up joint ventures there. They are in an environment where we're talking about setting up MSIs, about earning, about increasing your income. It's a phenomenal environment. That person you were talking about, the hypothetical individual in the factory that's struggling, um, got a job and everything, they don't know how to get out of that trap they're in. MSI Connect is an environment where they learn how to get out of the trap. Now, I made a program one time. Earl Nightingale's definition of success is one you've heard many, many times. It's the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. That's a perfect definition of success. I studied that inside out for many, many years. I've made a program on it called the Success Puzzle. And it explains why success for most people is a puzzle. Anybody that wants to go to MSI Connect, go there, we will give them the, um, you just come and say that you heard us on Sam's program here and we'll give you it free. I forgot what we sell it for, a couple hundred dollars or something like that. We'll give it to them free. And it'll show you how to set 
a goal and how to become successful at what you do. See, Sam, when I figured this out, oh God, a long time ago now, it took me nine and a half years to figure out why I changed, how my life changed. And when I learned it, it was so obvious and so simple, I was missing it. I just decided then I'd spend the rest of my life studying this. Mm -hmm. And I will, I don't care. I hope I live another 10, 20 years, but I'll keep studying it if I do, because every day I come here to my studio and I work and I broadcast all over the place. And I have, um, we have representatives of our company in 89 countries. So I'm just interested in people learning how to break that generational poverty. There's no need of it. God is, we're, there's perfection within us. We are truly God's highest form of creation. We've got to learn how to live the way we want to live and quit living the way we don't want. Amen to that, man. Amen. Amen. Let me recap that. MSI Connect, go there. Let them know you heard them on the Everyday Saturday podcast. They'll give you the free success puzzle. Uh, I love that. I was going to ask you right before that, what gets you up and going? And you just, uh, you just answered the question. You're broadcasting every day. You're still creating content. There's people out there that say, you know what, I don't have time to shoot a video, Bob. I don't have time to create an audio. I don't have time to create a blog post. You're coming on the north side of your 80s every single day going into the office and creating content. And you, are, you have more money you could ever spend in 100 lifetimes. Like, I think that's so inspiring oh, listen, to people that it's not about the money. All I, all I want to do, I want to get people involved in their life, understand how to live the way they really want to live. I mean, there's... It's an absolute shame that people live a tiny little life. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe, like, a person wants to realize they've got a greater power inside of them than any circumstance that they're ever going to come up against. They can beat it. They can win. And quit focusing on what the hell's wrong. Just focus on what's right. There's so much going on that's good. Yeah. Hey, look, well, in this 2020, you know, in this year, you can, if you want to find negativity, you don't have to look very far. I mean, if you want to find individuals that are out there trying to make That's excuses or, you know, reasons yeah. why we can't find, I mean, look, this has been one of the greatest years for all the digital marketers that I know, people that sell audio, video content online or that post online. They just happen to be at the right place at the right time. But that doesn't mean you can't start right now get online and start sharing yeah. your expertise or your message with the world. I mean, you know, like you, like you always say, the best time would have been 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. Wouldn't you agree with that statement right. to get going and do something? You know, listen, you just said it. You've done it with your phone, a microphone on your phone, in your car in a Dunkin' Donut parking lot. And you've got millions of followers. It doesn't take genius. It just takes commitment. Whatever you're going to do, keep doing it and keep getting better at it. And if you lock into it, listen, President Kennedy asked Dr. Warner Von Braun what it would take to build a rocket that will carry a person to the moon. Now, Von Braun is the father of the space program. Von Braun answered him in less than 10 seconds. All it will take is the will to do it. Mm. And that's true. We're only limited by... Poverty of imagination, lack of focus. We got to build a big idea and go up there and attack it. God. Professionals create, amateurs compete. That's so true. Right? That's the way it is.
Find a way to, cre when you're creating, you're not really competing with anybody else. You're continuing to create, create, create. And it goes back to what you and I first started talking about an hour ago, 40 minutes ago about sowing and reaping. Create, start sowing the seed. You're tapping into an infinite source of supply, building beautiful ideas in your mind and go out and execute them. And you never spend five seconds thinking of why it wouldn't work. Like you were talking, you had Mark Victor Hansen on. He's got to be one of the most creative characters I've ever worked with in my life. Mark and I have built three companies together. He, um, he's a joy to be around. He's so upbeat. Yeah. And his mind is way the hell out there all the time. Like, he really thinks out of the box. Um, I'm, I would encourage anybody that's listening, go to MSI Connect and just ask, could I have the success puzzle? MSI Connect, ask for the success puzzle. And we'll show you. It's so simple to start winning, but you've got to have the rules to play by. It's like anything else. If you play by the rules, you're going to win. If you violate the rules, you're going to lose. It's, there's, it's not rocket science. It's, if, if I always figure if I can win, anybody can win. Yeah, amen. And look, I'm gonna, uh, we're winding it down, but I, I like this story. I, I've, I've had to share this probably every time I've ever talked to you, but we all have a fear of being judged, whether we, whether we ever admit it or not, we do. And a lot of people don't get started because they're afraid of what other people might say or think about them. And I remember... Bob Proctor telling me a story about you created cassette tapes for the first time. You thought they were pretty cool. Back in the early 60s, you created these things. God. You bring them over to a friend's house and you're like, oh God, I can't wait to share them with them. I can't wait to share them. And it completely just dresses you down. Bob, what a stupid thing. And you walk out and think, huh, wow. I would have expected him to be happy for me. Share with that fear we have of being judged. If you want to talk about that story or just oh, in listen. general. Oh, listen, other people's opinions have such a weight on our mind. I had made this cassette and I was going to come into the business. I was going to do what Earl Nightingale was doing. And I was so excited about it. So I went over to this guy's house. His wife and kids were out. He was there by himself. And I said, I've got to show you something. His name was Jerry. And I went over and he sat there and I put this cassette on. Now, I mean, it was, you know, I've stopped and started as I was making it. It was probably the worst production of a cassette of a message anybody ever heard. And I was playing it, and I could feel, you know, you talk about the thunder of silence. Mm -hmm. Man wrote a book called Thunder of Silence. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's the way it was in that room. I could feel the tension, and I could feel his embarrassment for me. He is sitting there, and he's embarrassed, and I just starting to shrink, and I thought, God, I wish I could get out of there. So I said, well, it was just an idea, and I shut the cassette off finally, and my legs we're going like hell, and yet I wasn't moving. I wanted to run out of that house, get out of there. And I got out, and I'm driving home, and all of a sudden it dawned on me. I'm letting this guy steal my dream. I had a dream. I was going to build a company, and I'm letting him steal my dream. And I thought, I'm going to keep going. And thank God I kept going, because the company's help millions of people. It's earned millions of dollars and it's mm. all over the world. Mm. That's an old, old story. God, I remember that. When you said that, I could go right back to the feeling in the room that day. And that was 60 That's years it. ago. That's how long that stuff stays with you. That was in, I'll tell you exactly when it was in. It was uh, 1966. Okay. So 54 years ago. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's still today, you could put yourself back in that room and the feelings overcome you like that. That's wild. Oh, 
Well, you know, Von Braun one time said, nothing disappears without a trace. It's tucked in cells in your brain, and you can activate that. And that's where that comes from. But the feeling, as soon as you started to excite, I wonder what he's going to tell me. I wonder what the story is he's got. And as soon as you started, my mind went right back to that living room. Mm-hmm. I could see him sitting there. And I could feel, I could feel the, geez, I could just feel the world tightening up on me. I thank God every day I did not let his rejection, and he didn't say anything. He didn't reject it. Didn't yeah. say anything. It was the nonverbal communication. The he didn't even say it when I was leaving. He was so embarrassed for me. Oof. Oof. Oh my God. I wonder what Jerry I wonder what Jerry was thinking in the eighties and into the nineties as he probably saw. Oh, you. I don't know. I've often wondered. I've often wondered that. Yeah. Because I know he knows. <laughs> he would know. I never see him, never hear him. Well, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure, Bob. Uh, really, I just want to thank you, not only on behalf of myself, but the thousands of people that have heard our interviews over the years. This is our third one together. I hope it's not our last one. And I just want to thank you for not giving up on your dream back in those days. I, I thoroughly enjoy talking with you. You know, when Mark said, uh, give him a call, send him a note. I thought, geez, I'm going to do that, you know. And so here we are. Well, listen, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a real pleasure. And I want to congratulate you for doing what you're doing, because you're helping. We're doing the same thing I'm doing. We're just doing it a different way, following a different track, but we're all in the same, you know. Like the truth is non-invertible. It doesn't matter which side you approach it from. It's exactly the same. It's like the center of town. You're doing a good (laughs) You got so many one-liners, man. I I can't wait to listen to this back. And I'll be using a lot of this on my own podcast, but I'll give you credit for some of it. It's all yours now. It's all yours. That's right. I got it. Oh, wow. Well, hey, listen, we're going to do that lunch, man. Once this whole COVID thing goes away and I can actually cross the border without being shot, you know, I will, uh, we'll do lunch. All right. I'll buy. I'm buying. You got it, Bob. The great Bob Parker. Thank you so much, Bob. Have an amazing rest of your week and happy 2021. Bye. We'll talk soon. Thank you, my friend. Bye now. All right, my friend. Take care. And that's a wrap. Another Everyday Saturday podcast in the books. Thanks so much for listening. Would you do your boy a favor? Would you get on iTunes or wherever you listen to the Everyday Saturday podcast and leave a rating for the show? It helps amazing people like you find the show faster. And that's what I'm looking for, amazing people like you. Hey, I'm always hanging out on the interwebs. You can check me out on Instagram, at Everyday is Saturday. Let me know you're listening to the show. Love, 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 love hearing from fans of the Everyday Saturday podcast. And one last thing, when you're ready to launch, get on my calendar, go to launchwithsam.com. You and I are going to work together to set rocket fuel to your dream. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'll see you on the next Everyday is Saturday podcast.